Charity would not work in that situation long term, which I, I'm here. I want to really be really clear. I'm saying long term it wouldn't work, not necessarily there's no point to charity. But as a long term solution, charity is not viable. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to back to a little bit of awe. My name is Catalina and every week I bring to you my opinion on a range of different concepts. Hope this episode makes you think today. So um, I think to start out with, I wanted to talk about the actual book that I've been reading, where I got these ideas. Uh, it's called The Prosperity Paradox, How Innovation Can Lift Nations Out of Poverty. And the cover image is a plant coming out of a kind of cracked soil to represent this idea that opportunity can come from places where you might not expect it to, places where you think there is no opportunity possible. And this really appealed to me because after writing a lot about different environmental problems and a lot of social problems on my own, I- Where? On my blog. What is it called? Green Also Green. Nice. And also on Reef Bites, which is not my blog, but I contribute to it as a volunteer. Yeah. I realize that every every single one of these issues is rooted in economics and has economic roots basically behind it. So, what issues specifically? So, environmental issues like conservation, fashion, construction, poverty, all of these are are tied to economics and the economic structures that we have in place. So, I started reading this book as a way to understand how money can be used to solve these problems and for that reason i i've kind of come to believe that charity doesn't work kind of because we need a more sophisticated approach to um, developing solutions and that that is contradictory to what is traditionally thought because because traditionally you just kind of you know you donate to a cause that you think is worthy and they're supposed to put the money in a place that helps people and sends impoverished children to school and plants trees and these are things that we think you know we just need more money but this book has showed me that that's not actually the case so how is it that we're using it now so right right now what i think the mentality is especially in really big organizations like the who or the world bank the un really big charities where the the easy approach is to take the money they have and focus it on one million dollar project. But here's the thing. Most of the problems in this world that have to do with poverty, climate change, or education, you name it, they don't have a million dollar solutions. They have a thousand dollar solutions, but they have a thousand of them. So the important thing is more to take a grassroots approach in that sense, um, which isn't necessarily what this book is about. It's more about how businesses can do that. But that's one of the biggest flaws, I think, exists nowadays within charities, especially really big ones that, that people support because they feel like they have to support something and they feel like they have an obligation to support charity. Um, yeah, so I'd say that's the problem now. The way that this book proposes addressing that problem is by doing it through businesses and enterprises. So creating creating a market, basically. And through creating a market, 
a market specifically found in parts of the population where no one else is willing to target. So the non-consumption is what the what they call it in the book, basically. People who no one else wants to target and no one else wants to think of as consumers. So one example of this would be targeting people who have a lower income or targeting people with fewer skills, for example. And that's something that nobody really wants to do because it seems like, oh, there's no there's not a market there. And but really targeting those people is where all the opportunity lies. And when you target people who are of a lower economic background and who have fewer skills, who seem like the less likely candidate, what you're actually doing is opening up the solution to them and making these things that were previously not economically viable, viable. So one example that I read about is a hospital in India where what they basically did was they made all of these really expensive surgeries, like open-heart surgery, they made it affordable through various methods. Um, and another one would be insurance, selling insurance to people who live in low-income countries and are worried every day. They leave their house, and if a natural disaster strikes or someone in their family gets sick, they their lives are destroyed, so they need insurance. But nobody wants to sell them insurance because they're poor and they think no one can pay them back. But the reality is that that's actually a huge opportunity because there's more people like that in the world than people who are living in mansions and buying expensive cars. So the opportunity is there. And in fact, a lot of things that nowadays we take for granted came out of these kinds of innovations. Even the United States itself, in the 1800s, it was more impoverished than some of the poorest African countries today. The um, infant mortality rate was higher and there was more conflict, there was more corruption. But look at the United States today. It's very wealthy and a lot more developed than other countries in the world. And that's because of a series of innovators who took something that was previously not economically viable, like a sewing machine or a car, and then they made it available to everyone. And that not only increase the number of people who could have that product, but it created a market. Um, another example within just American history is Ford, which is a really popular one. Well, to start off with, cars already existed before Ford made them afford affordable. Get it. Oh my god. <laughs> um, yeah, so Ford really just increased the availability and now I don't want to say affordability. But, affordability. But basically that's what Ford did. So they or cars already existed, but they were more a toy for rich people than actually something people used. Yeah. So Ford has had a vision. He's he wanted to make cars available for everyone in America, basically. And he did. How he did that, you know, it's not really what the book is about. But what that led to was now people can use transportation to go place further places, which means that now people can send their children to school more easily. Now they have to create roads. Um, so we need people to build those roads that creates jobs. It also increased how many fast food restaurants are around. 
now you have a bunch of car companies as well. Yeah. And that leads to people then going, oh, but I now want a better car. And I want a car that's designed for this. And I want a car that's designed for that. So you have then sustaining innovations, which is an innovation that isn't necessarily creating a new market, but is improving a product that already exists because the market wants something better. The, the reason why I'm giving these examples is because these are all cases in which people's lives became better through a business, not through charity. And they became infinitely better through these kinds of innovations that are lucrative and that make money than through a rich person somewhere starting a charity and giving away money. And this, is, this isn't necessarily from the book. I, what I take away from it is that the reason for this is that it creates a better framework. Not that it necessarily is about, oh, you know, always about needing more money, which is the model of a charity, where charity is like, we need more money to solve this problem. No, just what, lower the price. Well, yeah. What just an, lower the price What tag. an innovation like this does is it, it changes this whole system in a way that, yes, it makes more money, and money is important. I'm not going to say it isn't, because it is. <laughs> but but what, what these things are doing is they're changing the system so that you need less money to afford the system, the product or the service. And opening the market. You open up the market so that even more people can create innovations. I mean, if you think about it, if Henry Ford hadn't come up with a car... Then we never. Well, no, didn't come up with the car. Didn't it didn't come up with make, an you're right. Thank you. Car. Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> <laughs> if Henry Ford hadn't made the car available to the average American, just think of just think of how different everything would be, and all the other innovations that we take for granted that that probably wouldn't exist if that had happened. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have as many theme parks. We wouldn't have as many fast food restaurants. We wouldn't have the the globalization that has happened with food and the supply chain and this and that transportation would be completely different and that was just that one thing you never hear about a charity 200 years ago that had that kind of impact yeah and for that reason i think it's really important to change the way that we think about how to solve these issues it's not like you have to decide between making money or helping people it's not, it's not a binary like that. In fact, the best way to help people is through making money in one of these ways. Should we, like when they ask us, do you want to round up to $1 to save a dying kid okay, with a well, clap Here's the thing. Here's what I think. There's different kinds of charities, number one. And there's different kinds of problems. There are really big problems, like poverty or food insecurity, that you just, you need really big solutions to tackle them. And a charity is like a band-aid. If your leg is falling off, oh. a, you can't just fix that by putting a bunch of band-aids on it. Yeah. You can send in a bunch of aid, you can send food, but ultimately, the root of the problem is still there. So in that case, I think, no, charity doesn't work and it's nice to- But how would charity nice not work in that situation? Charity would not work in that situation long term, which I, I'm here. I want to really be really clear. I'm saying long term it wouldn't work, not 
necessarily there's no point to charity, but as a long-term solution, charity is not viable. So a GoFundMe would work because you'd raise the, raise the fifty thousand well, dollars for okay. the surgery, but because but that still doesn't lower the price. You'd still yeah. have to end up having to do charity so to if, afford it. If it's a, if it's a small thing, charity can be useful because sometimes it is true that you know you might be in a situation yourself where you need money for a specific thing, but that's oh that's like a very very small problem so to speak. It's not necessarily, oh, I need a million dollars to solve world hunger. Yeah. Because world hunger is not a monetary issue. It's it's, it's beyond a monetary issue. Yeah. So donating to charity, I think it really comes down to what you're donating to. And so how would be a good charity? Not like a brand, but like what would be the purpose that they'd be trying to do? So what I think a good charity would be one that combines... Uh, time like the time that people give and the expertise they give okay because if you if you think about it uh everyone has different strengths some people do have a lot of money and that is a strength but other people have money (laughs) other people people don't have a lot of money and so they're weak it can be it can be very i guess heartbreaking when you don't have a lot of money but you want to do something yeah and and the hopeful thing is that you can. You can do something because mm-hmm. money is not the only thing that you can use to solve problems. Yeah. The skills that you have are very useful. So I think a charity that takes that into consideration is probably the charity you want to support. Also, I think that you should make sure you know where your money is going because a lot of charities that are big, big charities especially, they have administrative costs Mm -hmm. so a lot of the money you donate is actually just going to paying for someone to do paperwork yeah and not solve the problem that are being advertised which they're legally required to tell you so it's not like you'll be caught off guard but so like a charity perhaps that and you tries to fund a program that teaches kids i don't know finance or some type of skill Well, I would argue that the right way to approach that is not through a charity, but through actually the education system. Getting people there. (laughs) But, you know, actually through schools. Yeah. But theoretically, if a charity was like, we just love people, we want to give I don't know. It starts to become kind of a semantic issue of what do you define as a charity? What do you define as a business? And that's just, that's... That's a quagmire I do not want to <laughs> entrench myself in today. But let's just let's say something simple like donate money for homeless people. You have that much information. Do you do you give five dollars to that charity? I would say no because you don't have enough information. You don't know where they're going to put that money or how they're going to help these people. Mm-hmm. And that if you really want to help them, maybe the better thing to do is volunteer at a soup kitchen or. Um, give your business card to a homeless person to yeah. allow them to try out for a job. Mm-hmm. Things like that would be more useful. Or if you are really inspired, start a business which employs homeless people. And these kinds of things are more productive. Yeah. So if you if you were to... I'm going to give an example. Bear with me. Uh-oh. Another thing that the book talks about, my trusty old book, is... Pulling prosperity when you have a company that, pulls. that needs to 
fund other services or products in order to make themselves more successful. So what would this be? This would be in Nigeria, there's a famous noodle company. I forgot what it was called. But in order to provide noodles to the Nigerian people, mm-hmm. they built ports and they built energy facilities okay. and they trained people to work for them. People have now skills they can then use in other companies. So in other jobs going forward, mm-hmm. other companies can use those ports, which means more business comes into the Nigerian market. Yeah. And these energy facilities can also be used by people. Another thing they did was build roads there to make the transportation easier. How did that then help them sell the noodles? Because they can sell more noodles at a lower cost because now it's easier to transport the noodles, easier to sell them, and now they have people trained. So this does help the company, even though at the beginning... So they paid to lower the prices, in essence. They invested in in, in the market. So then it could... Yeah. Come back around. So, yeah, and you, you know, this can, this can be generalized, really. I mean, businesses that have to train people are now giving them a skill that they can use going forward. If they invest in infrastructure in a company, this infrastructure can, yes, it, it brings more money into the company, but it also improves the infrastructure in the company, which addresses poverty and conflict and all these things that are really big issues in the world. Mm-hmm. And that a lot of charities try to address, but can't address it at the rate that a big money-making machine is addressing it. Yeah. (laughs) The main takeaway for me is that we have to stop having this mentality that money is the bad guy. Because the money is not, money is a tool. And do people misuse it? Yes, but the solution lies in the places where we use money side by side to prosper and solve problems so that would just in essence just be to make you feel better because for the mo- for a good amount of times oh, it wouldn't mean, be actually doing anything you mean when you're at Publix and they ask you if you want to give two dollars to such and such yeah it's very complex but that that is definitely I mean a lot of the things that humans do are ultimately to feel good right yeah there's that I mean if you if giving to charity makes you feel good you that it that justifies giving to something that doesn't really make a difference. Of course, not to say that all charity doesn't make a difference at all, but what I mean is long-lasting. I mean, no, I mean, charity isn't useless. It's just, it's not the most effective. It, like, yeah, thank you a, for it's a band Like, thank God that you now does, have the heart surgery. Does bringing, does bringing food to starving children, is that useless? No, it's not, it's not useless. But it didn't but fix anything because tomorrow they're not because gonna have it. Because on that day, those children were able to eat. It doesn't mean they'll have food tomorrow or the day after. Yeah. And that's what I think we should be looking at and be concerned about. Because yes, it's great PR to say that you immediately help someone. But where where are they going to be in ten years? And what is that situation going to be in five years or ten years? And when those children grow up and I I guess it, it really comes down to not simplifying things so much. <laughs> Throwing money at things doesn't make them better. It's about the systems behind the money. It's not it's like the old idiom giving someone a fish versus teaching them how to fish. It depends what you're going for, but I assume most people would feel more productive if their money went towards something that had a long-term effect effect. right and a lot of knock-on effects 
It's very contentious to say oh charity doesn't work, but I think the main thing I want to get across is that it's better to invest in a business to fix fix problems, just generally. Food problems, agricultural problems, equality problems, security, and water, you know, these kinds of problems. (laughs) Any last statements? Any last powerful words? Uh, Should we ask the cashier that? Pay pay for your groceries. That's... That's the so do wise your thing. research yeah. before you end up yes. giving two dollars at Publix. Do your research. Don't give two dollars at Publix. Well, I don't know. If you're the kind of person who if you want to feel better, if you're having a bad day, you want to feel better. Give the two dollars. Give the two dollars. You helped some kid somewhere <laughs> get heart surgery. Yeah. But you didn't help the world all have access to heart surgery. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, it's important to keep that in mind. So where can we find you, Sophia? Where can you we can, hear more about your words? You can find me on Instagram at oh, green also green. Green also green. Which I yeah, is, which is the um, Instagram for my blog. Or what do you talk about in your blog? In my blog, I talk about sustainability. But 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 I have what? a very dirty secret. <gasps> I hate the word sustainability. Oh my god! But well, I wrote about it on my blog. So if you're curious as to why I'm a horrible person. Who doesn't like, doesn't, cha- like charity. doesn't like charity and hates the word sustainability, you should check Give out Give us a brief blog. spoiler on why you don't like sustainability. Uh, sustainability I think, sucks because... Okay, well, I actually, it's not just the word sustainability. It's more words that are, that are used to market things in a way that is misleading. Using sustainability, the word sustainability, in a very blasé way. Like, mm. let's really think for a moment what it means to be sustainable. Sustainable means sustaining right <laughs> like yes. let's just you're be, able to sustain let's be obvious here and what does that mean that means that something can persist for a long time what does that mean that means that that doesn't mean it's made of bamboo or it's made of stainless paper. steel or it's made of paper no paper. that means that this product and this business this service this way of life this food whatever you want to say yeah this is part of a system that can last. In that sense, I think there are almost no sustainable things available. Yes, is a bamboo toothbrush better than a plastic one? Yeah. But is the system that it's part of going to last? But that's my tangent why I don't like sustainability. Because they don't use it properly. If you're interested in more of the things that I think that are probably weird and out there. About and the environment. About things like endangered languages and mushrooms. And how Greta and Thunberg's all talk. And how Gre- uh, Greta, what I disagree with her on. Yeah. Um, then please do visit my vlog, Green Also Green. Which, by the way, the reason I called it that was green, like environmentally, is green. Nice! I know. Anyone we should follow? Follow your heart. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And follow Catalina, because if you're nice to her, maybe she'll invite you on her podcast. Or... or I was actually threatened. Or she'll she'll take suggestions from you. I did take two. She did take... your friend Stephanie. Do you want to say hi to Stephanie? Hi, Stephanie. (laughs) (laughs) It's me. I'm famous now. I'm on a podcast. Can take it off the bucket list. <laughs> Go on. Been there, done that. Next step, TED Talk. Anything else? Before I end up promoting my Instagram, the Instagram. No, ins- promote yours. If I keep talking. No, like, do you have anything else? I, I don't. I lead a lonely life. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So, as we know, follow the Instagram at a little bit of dot all. 
which oh and there's a tiktok yeah the instagram at a little bit of dot all tiktok a little bit of a podcast yeah follow the instagram the tiktok subscribe to green also green follow green also green yes carry a water bottle around carry your bottle ball <laughs> around with your waterproof stickers use a tote bag eat fewer avocados and go to the fresh markets local for farmers. local fresh farmers markets. farmers markets whoops yes okay that was good okay bye <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.